Curriculum Associates presents the Extraordinary Educators Podcast with hosts Danielle Sullivan and Sarah Liberis. Hear tips, best practices, and successes to improve your teaching and leadership and drive student growth and learning. We're here for you. Hi, everyone. It's Danielle. Welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. And I'm Sari, and this week we are joined by the incredible extraordinary educator, Jeanette Milburn, who is a sixth grade math teacher in Maryland. And today's episode, Jeanette is going to share with us, which I wish this wasn't a revolutionary task, but she focuses on student-centered learning as a sixth grade math educator, which is pretty awesome. Yes, and she shares some really great best practices and ways you can sort of rethink about really truly putting the students at the center of your classroom and instructional practices. So enjoy, and here is our conversation with Jeanette. Welcome, Jeanette. We are so excited to talk to you today. I'm really glad to be here today as well. I'm excited about this topic. Speaking of... The topic we are going to talk to Jeanette about is student-centered learning. So Jeanette, tell us all the things. How did you approach this? Why are you excited about the topic? And what does student-centered learning mean to you? So I'd like to begin by just my journey with student-centered learning. When I was, I believe it was my second year teaching, I did some professional development about universal design for learning. And in that PD, one thing that really stuck with me was looking at your classroom environment, looking at your teaching, looking at your planning, and 80% of it should be students and 20% of it should be teachers. And that really stuck with me. That was when I started really my journey of that student-centered learning. What does it look like in the classroom? What are the practices and how, how to go about it? And how does it look? So that, again, was my second year of teaching. So I really have built upon what I've learned the last eight years to get where I am today. And I still wouldn't say I'm like perfect, but I feel a lot more comfortable now than I did at the beginning of my journey. Thanks so much for sharing that with us and just understanding how long you've been at this work and where you are now. I'm curious, so what what does it look like? If we walked into your middle school classroom, what would we see? What would we hear? And then if I'm a teacher who wants to implement this type of thing tomorrow, what can I do to create that same classroom environment? So in my classroom, when you walk in, what I hope that you would see is student engagement is just soaring. I mean, students are embracing their learning. They are taking control of content that they're learning and that they are very excited. And it is centered around each individual student in the classroom. So that would be what I would hope that you would see. When you look into my classroom, when I look at my classroom, that's one of the key pieces that I'm looking for is to make sure that there's students are the center of that classroom. I am going around and facilitating and asking questions and just providing cues and prompts. And I might need to do a little bit of explicit instruction um, here and there, but you should see that student engagement, just the students are at the key. They are at the center of the classroom. 
So as a, a middle school math teacher in particular, what are some systems you have in place to help facilitate this? Because a lot of middle school teachers that I speak with and I see my travels really struggle with the systems. They struggle with the small group work. They struggle with not... I feel like the struggle is, I wouldn't say they think it is, the sage on the stage versus the facilitation model that you're talking about. So two-part question, what are the systems that you have in place to focus on student-centered learning? And secondly, did you have to change your mindset? Or are you noticing some of your colleagues are like, whoa, what are you doing? So I'm going to start with the first question. The very first thing that I do every school year is get to know my kids. That is key and understand their unique needs, their unique abilities, understand, you know, where they're coming from. Because a lot of students that I get that come to me in sixth grade, they hate math. I want to get them to love math. So it's a challenge at the beginning, but getting to understand my students. And that is the key. That is what I do from the very beginning of the school year. There's a couple of things that you can do. You can give your students student surveys, you know, just really creating that classroom culture again of respect. And so we are constantly doing like collaborative work at the beginning of the school year. I mean, we really are to see our likes, our dislikes, and then also how do we work together? So it's, I know I said a lot right there, but there's a lot of pieces with that beginning of the school year that you're creating, understanding your students, and then also getting them to work together and to collaborate together because those two pieces I think are key with a student-centered learning. And again, creating that positive classroom culture and really setting your norms and what is it that you want your classroom to, how do you want your classroom to run? How do you want your students to interact? And you essentially want them to feel safe and you want them to be able to make mistakes and then feel perfectly fine with that. That's just part of the culture that you've created. So a lot of that goes in at the beginning of the classroom. And, and again, it still continues throughout the school year, but you you really set the tone at the beginning of the class, of the beginning of the school year. And then one other piece with that is my school system, we always use a diagnostic at the beginning of the year as well. So looking at that data and understanding the ability of all your students. That is another key piece. And those are the places where I begin with my planning then for my students uh, for the rest of the school year. Thanks so much for sharing that. It sounds like you're really getting to know them first and foremost as a person, who they are, what they like, what are they interested in. And then with that also, where are they in their academic journey and how can you give them what they need when they need it. So super helpful there. I'm curious, you mentioned two things that I just want to ask more tactical follow-ups about. So one, you mentioned norms. I would love to know for our listeners, what are the norms in your classroom? And two, how is your physical space set up? I think a lot of times we picture a middle school classroom and just a very um, traditional model of how the furniture is arranged comes to mind. And I'm curious if that's what you do or you have something different. So I'll start with my norms. The very first one, and I say this to my students and I say this to my colleagues, it's essentially my only necessarily my norm in my classroom is respect. 
If we respect each other and it's my responsibility to be as respectful to them as it is their responsibility to be respectful to me and their peers. So that is essentially our, our, if we want to talk about norms as an umbrella, that's the umbrella is the respect. And it's amazing. The students, when they come in my room and they're very scared because it's sixth grade and they're very timid and shy. And within that first week and and understanding that my norms is we respect each other and just the difference of even in the first week of school, how different that they've start to treat each other. They, they really take on that role of, you know, I'm going to listen to what you have to say because I want to be respectful of you. And that's really where we keep going back to when we talk about our how we work with students in their collaborative groups is we really go back to that key piece, which is respect, giving everybody a voice and knowing that it might be different than what your thoughts and what your voice is, but we have to be respectful of that. And how can we talk to someone in a respectful way if we disagree with them? So those are the pieces that we do in the beginning of the school year, but all of it really is centered around the one norm of being respectful. That's so great. And you had another question and I forget. No, that's okay. Just what your physical space looks like. How are the desks set up? Okay. So I don't have desks. I have um, collaborative tables. So the tables are set in a, it's like half of a circle and Four students are at each table and I have seven tables in my classroom. And then in the center, they they kind of form the outside part of my classroom. And then in the very inside of my classroom, I have two rectangular tables that, again, we set up. And that's kind of where if I need to pull some students to do just a little bit more instruction at their level, that that's kind of where I can pull my students at that time. And then I have a desk in the corner, all the way in the front, all the way out of the way, honestly, because most of my classroom is students. It is their space. Thank you so much. And I think, thank you also for correcting my assumption that you had desks. I think it's just nice to hear that it doesn't have to be the way that we might um, assume things are. And so really appreciate you sharing that and probably very helpful for our listeners to hear. Thanks so much, Jeanette. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But before we go, we would love to know what is one tip or parting advice you have for teachers who want to focus on student-centered learning in their classrooms? I feel that I would want to say this to a teacher. A lot of times when we start a school year, um, we're so overwhelmed at the beginning with, you know, just the beginning of the school year paperwork and, you know, you've just gone through a bunch of PD and, you know, the new initiatives that your county has for you and, and you can get so overwhelmed with everything. I feel that I want to say, you know, take a step back and really think about the students that you're going to get. Really engage in meaningful discussions and in meaningful ways with your students and really make sure that they're the center of your planning. And each year, your planning is going to be different. 
because you're going to have a whole new set of students. So I think that's key because a lot of teachers want to use the same plans that they've always used. And, you know, hey, I've got this part, this this piece done. You know, I'll just keep regurgitating it year after year. But with student-centered learning, you need to understand that your plans are designed for the students that are in front of you that year. And you can't use plans that you've used in previous years. So that's what I would say. Thank you so much, Jeanette, for that and for all the insights and best practices you've shared. We loved hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Get inspired by following us on social media and please tag us in your posts on Twitter at Curriculum Asoch and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. Subscribe where you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to help more educators like you join the conversation, please leave a review. Remember, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educator Podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates, editing by Whiteboard Geeks, social media by Atsidy Hannon, guest booking by Sari Labaris, production by Haley Browning. This podcast is copyrighted materials and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Thank you.